Hello, this is Ross Purdy. You're listening to Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. And I would like to advertise the shows I have coming up at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. First off, I have my solo sketch slash kind of stand-up but more sketch show. Hey, hey, it's Doomsday. It's from March 29th to April 10th at Storyville and April 13th, 14th, 20th, 21st at Bards of Ferry. That's all those different times you can look up online at the Comedy Festival website. Tickets are now on sale. It's going to be a, a wild, crazy, fun show. I also have Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy Live podcasts all weekends throughout the Comedy Festival at 5pm at the Lantern Lounge. We're going to be having some great special guests like the Two Little Dickheads. Jonathan Schuster, Nikki Barry, Claire Sullivan, Ben Volchok, Annie Louie, and so on and so forth. And those tickets are available online now. Also, me and Damien Vosk are doing the Late Night Party Boys. We're late night variety shows, also at Lantern Lounge. Weekends throughout the comedy festival, and we're going to have some great, weird, fun character acts. Come on, do some of our old bowl shtick. We'll be doing our odd bullshit throughout, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. You can look at that online and get your tickets through comedyfestival.com.au. Hope to see you there. just fucking about here we go listeners Ross Perry destroys comedy is dead no one wants comedians talking to each other about comedy the way the world is right now people want people to talk about their illnesses and genetic mutations and and I think that's what in this world people want right now and i've brought a, someone with me to be my co-host on this brand new journey with me and she herself has covid right now the futurama variant it's gone crazy <laughs> yeah. it's it's shawarma shawarma nougat shawarma nougat it's me shawarma nougat with my COVID-infested nasal passages and all the drippings that go with it. Yay. Um, yeah, it is me, Shanamanuga. <laughs> and I do have COVID, but that's the least of my worries, Ross, as you know. <laughs> I've got lots of other stupid shit going on in my body at all times, that, which is why we're here, right? Because we're essentially both complete uh, genetic... <laughs> You mean Ninja Turtles? Is that what you're calling it? Well, it's, just, it's, it's now called Genetic Mutations and Ninjas and Turtles. Oh, we yeah, might that's get, right. We might get to the ninjas and the turtles later. <laughs> but the first three letters, the first three <laughs> words, in fact, is we're yeah. gonna be what we're going to be focusing on. Yeah, exactly. Because we, 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 we've come across the fact that we, you and I both have... Um, quite unheard of genetic mutations, completely different, affecting us in completely different ways. And as Ross just so elegantly put, that's what the world wants these days. I'm sick of pushing shit uphill trying to trying to show people that my absurd, non-topical, nonsensical comedy is worth something, even though all people want it really need these days is a laugh. But apparently uh, they prefer comedians to be out there ticking boxes, talking about all the shit that's wrong with them and on what makes them unique. 
So that's what we're doing. We're finally letting the cats out of the bags because Ross and I have heaps of shit wrong with us. We just don't bother telling anyone normally. Isn't that right, Ross? Well, because it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. But there's some fucking. There's some funny stories that come along with it. Surely, have you got some? You you must have some crackers. Maybe. Maybe it's I just got some depressing you, stories about being being left out of kids' birthday parties because I couldn't eat the things they ate. Yeah, or you would have what? Cocked it. Or just gotten stupid in the head. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what the uh, sensitive way of describing it is. Mm-hmm, Mental mm-hmm. degradation. Yeah. Well, I guess we should start by painting a little picture. Well, you, we're not fucking around. Like this is this is absolutely hundred percent true. Ross couldn't eat certain foods when he was young. Otherwise, it would have caused long-term brain damage. Isn't that right, Ross? Yes. Yeah. I can't and particularly. That probably sounds like a joke coming from you, Ross. That sounds like a joke, but this is no fucking joke. It's not funny. Uh, not meant to be funny. This is actually completely 100% bona fide science. Um, can you explain what your your genetic mutation is called? Russell something. <laughs> okay, well, Russell Silver syndrome is the, the dwarfism that I have. Yep. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. just short for no reason. Turns out it's a genetic mutation I have. Right. And my bones are fucked. My bones are fucked. And... But, <laughs> but the... F- so, yeah, go have a Google to know this is legit. We're not just on here making fun of uh, people with genetic mutations. Ross legitimately has a form of dwarfism that's quite rare. Isn't it the biggest form of dwarf? Like, you are the biggest of the dwarfs. The, is that the right way? Is that, can right, I say that? That's why I, can I, I can't get any, like, box ticking, because people just think I'm really short. But just imagine just if I didn't. Really short. Yeah. Just imagine if I don't, didn't have a Charney. I could have been six foot tall. <laughs> you could have been. Had, I could have had many dates from Tinder, because that's a requirement when you want online dates. <laughs> He could have been six foot tall and bones like uh, solid lead steel. And um, you could have eaten whatever you wanted as a child and the birthday parties wouldn't have been anywhere near as traumatic. But what was I going to say? PKU is what the, the protein intolerance is called. Right. So that's, that's part and parcel of the genetic mutation of Russell Silver. No, they're two completely different genetic mutations. Oh, you've got double. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I just didn't I'm a twofer. I... I'm a twofer. You're a twofer. <laughs> Two for the price of none. <laughs> Beautiful. That's legendary. Okay, so the protein thing that affected your eating as a child that would literally have given you brain damage if you'd eaten certain foods. If I That's ate it a, a lot. That's a different thing. A PK intolerance versus, and then also Russell Silver. Fuck yeah, which just affects the way I look and shit. Yeah. I had a big head. Like, I have a big head, but I, like, had a big head when I was a kid. Freakishly big. I can't even look at children childhood photos of myself. Oh, really? That's qu- quite confronting for you? I can't look at adult photos of myself, so I don't know what that <laughs> says. <laughs> oh, oh, Ross, you need to you need to nurse that photo and love your little inner winner baby, even though his head's big. Rock him, rock him till you love yourself. <laughs> if people could see Ross now and the side eye he's giving me at the thought of that. <laughs> mm. I'm not tame, and I have no grace. <laughs> I'm not tame and I have no grace. Love it. Oh, she gives some good side eye. Love that lady. So how do you think it affects you now, Ross? Does the PK thing still affect you? Do you still have to avoid certain foods or? I should be. I'm still being monitored. I still have to have blood tests monthly. Wow, monthly. That's so annoying, hey? I had one this morning. I was due and I had one this morning. So what a topic. What a time to bring it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
but it affects yeah. less if I eat a bit more because once you're 18, your brain's more developed and can sort of handle it. Right. So like, I, <laughs> I think I've got it bad with this, like a bit of a wheat intolerance, not even celiac, not that I don't think I am, but not even celiac. And that is so annoying. Oh. <laughs> I've got to, might have to move, move rooms in a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the concept, I guess, yeah, the concept of eating something and it actually affecting my brain cells is like completely mind boggling stuff. I mean, it does do that for celiacs too, I guess, because they get full on information of the brain, but it's a bit different again. Food. Do you have food anxiety, Ross? Around no, this? I do not. Oh, that's good. I usually don't want, I don't like, I don't like telling people that I have this because I don't want people to be concerned for me. Like, I'll like, yeah. I'll think for myself whether or not yeah. I can be a little loose with what I eat or whatever or what, whatever. Yeah. I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want people just like wigging you out every time you go to eat a um, shrimp on the barbie. Hey, Ross. <laughs> Granted, I shouldn't be eating a Barbie in the first place. <laughs> no, those microplastics, they'll give you cancer. I'll tell you what. And if I'll eat back Kendo. About cancer, it's me. <laughs> oh, dear. So we've stumbled across these, these genetic mutation, this genetic mutation collaboration, let's call it, um, due to the fact that I also have a genetic mutation called Lynch syndrome which gives me ridiculously high chances, like 80% higher than regular population or 80% chance in general, I think. Like some stupid, stupid chance of getting bowel cancer, stupid chance of getting like uterine cancer, endometrium cancer, um, higher chance of breast cancer, though they say that there's still very fresh data on breast cancer. Some doctors will go, no, it won't give you breast cancer. And then others will say, oh yeah, that's, that's totally like, it's going to happen. It's just that we don't have the data about it. And my mum's had breast cancer because of this stupid genetic mutation. Um, so I totally believe it's a breast cancer issue. It, I mean, it's all the things. There's a few others, like other, there's like, it can give the kids like lymphoma. Like it's a lot of things. So I have to go and do the old um, like colonoscopies every year, anything that goes wrong with me that like right now I've got this incredibly annoying thing called geographic tongue that's just come out of nowhere, which. Yeah, uh, I see it. She's got the uh, tongue. Uh, it's giving like this buildup of shit on my tongue, but also oh, it's cleared up. Oh, I shouldn't have done the, the rinse last night because now you can't see it. There's like these patches that come on my tongue with the papillae like disappears and my tongue goes totally smooth in these like round patches on my tongue and it burns. It's like sometimes called burning mouth syndrome. And uh, it's not genetic. I don't know what the fuck it's from. It could be nothing. It could be stress. It could be I've all of a sudden got a, an allergic reaction to chili. I don't know. But now like one thing like that goes wrong with my body and I have to go see specialists and get bloods done and get checked because like it could be oral cancer, like that just my body is just prone to cancer, which is really fun. And, um, and my dad died of cancer at 54, though I didn't even get the genetic mutation from him. I got it from my mum, whose name is Jeanette, literally genetics, bad genetics. And yeah, crazy. Lots of, so yeah, most of my family die of cancer on both sides, one with genetic mutation, one without. It's a fun time. Fun time. It's a lot to unpack here. So what you're saying is with your mum, whose name is Jeanette, yeah. you should judge a book by its cover. Absolutely, yes. Okay, yeah. Also, though, if you see her and you think, my God, that 58-year-old woman has the most amazing pair of tits I ever saw in my life, you shouldn't judge her for that and think, oh, well, you know, be like, well, she got her tits or rock solid out there. It's like, no, that's because that's how they're built, <laughs> literally. Because they're being reconstructed, <laughs> so you can okay, judge now her we're moving on to your mother's tits. tits now. What? Do not judge my mum for her tits, is what I'm saying. I was Just never going to. You brought <laughs> you brought it up though. <laughs> and now all I can think about your mother's tits. Amazing. 
they're pretty amazing though like also just not you know not the originals which is funny because she always said that she wanted to get her boobs done and then when she actually had to do go through that process and now she's like oh my god what i would give to have my originals back it's like so yeah there are many, many things I could say there, but now I'm feeling self-conscious that I might be telling some of my mother's secrets. This isn't the mum, the mummy tits podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Ross. <laughs> this is, in fact, the genetic mutations podcast. It is Lynch syndrome. Yeah. Who is Lynch? Is it David Lynch? Why did he make like this to, syndrome? I like to think of it. I call it the David Lynch syndrome because otherwise it reminds me of lynching. So I think I lean on the David Lynch imagery. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Did not expect it. Did not see it coming. That's for sure. It's very weird. It's strange. You try to explain it to people, but they just don't get it. Even when they see it. No, it all makes sense. This is the David Lynch syndrome. (laughs) Go watch Twin Peaks and then you'll understand. That's what my, my mum's. New boobies should be called Twin Peaks. Go, mom. <laughs> okay, now oh, we've gone back. Let me just say right now, I am the one being respectful of women and not talking about their boobs. <laughs> Look, it's just it's a it's a it's a fact of life when you have cancer. Is what I'm saying though. You you know, you can think my mum. You'd see my mum and you would think she was super fit and um you know, never had anything. She looks like she's never had anything gone wrong in her life from the outside, but actually there's a lot going on. You know, that's probably more my point. Like, yeah, she, she, she looks like she's paid for this, you know, to have this amazing pair of knockers, but actually she's like really paid, like severely paid within an inch of her life paid very very lucky five years no cancer at this point because it was pretty serious and the fact that she's managed to get through and hasn't come back yet is just phenomenal i don't know what makes me more uncomfortable the cancer talk or the the, the, the booby talk <laughs> i'm fine with the cancer talk <laughs> <laughs> isn't that weird <laughs> well it's just <laughs> bodies how weird are bodies <laughs> Bodies are both gross, <laughs> and I'm tired of being told that they're beautiful. <laughs> fair, that is fair. <laughs> oh dear, have you ever had a colonoscopy, Ross? I have not. That's a fun time. I've you have a, to drink I... all this liquid that just tastes like saliva. Oh. Oh God! I've drank oh, some saliva in my time. About it. Sorry, I've drank some saliva in my time. Oh yeah, you you an over saliva or an under saliva guy? I'm both. Oh yeah, I go both ways when it comes to saliva. <laughs> You're s- saliva neutral. <laughs> so, so um. And why? Why is this? To, is this anything to do with your medical issues, or is this just a complete different side issue, like my crazy geographic tongue that may or may not be oral cancer? We're still determining. Well, there's no protein in saliva, so that's all good, baby. Oh, that's good. You can drink as much as you like. <laughs> that's why I can't bring it up with people, because then it just comes into conversation about all the saliva I drink. <laughs> What's a what's a joke and what's a what's a what's real, Shani? <laughs> With you and me, Ross, who freaking knows? <laughs> no, you know the best jokes I reckon I've ever experienced, though, hundred percent, are have been like in the face of full-on tragedy, like end-of-life palliative care stages, of which I have been through multiple times. Not for myself, obviously, because I'm sitting here talking to you. But, okay, it seems, seems I have an obsession with my parents' bits because I'm going to tell you a story. Like one of the last oh, things that my, my dad said to me before he died, oh, he, no. was, he, he was burning, like his, 
his crotch area was burning when he I just helped him with a shower and um he had pancreatic cancer and um and he got out and I was helping him dry because he wasn't very stable on his feet or anything at this point. And he looked down and he, he's like, can you check? Like, it's burning down there. Can you check what's going on? And he, he thought maybe he'd had a bed sore or something. And I checked. I was like, no, nah, it all looks good, buddy. It's fine. And he looked down at his penis and he said, I made you with that. <laughs> it was literally the second last thing he said to me. It's a strange family you got there, Shani. Yes, indeed. <laughs> when you go through cancer together, you really, it's a whole, it's a whole nother level of um, closeness. <laughs> you know what will break the ice and make things less awkward? If I point out <laughs> my genitals and say, you were once just nothing but liquid inside this. <laughs> Once upon a time, you were swimming around my balls, the eye of a needle. <laughs> but did that make you more comfortable knowing that? Oh, I just lost it. It was so funny because it was such a, you know, it was such a sad, sad, serious moment that anything like that, you know, so much tension that things like that just break the tension and the like the laughs you get in those end like in, yeah it's just cr crazy amazing some of the biggest belly laughs i ever had was with my 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 dad when he was like literally at the end of his life it's kind of bizarre um yeah <laughs> sorry yeah I feel like i'm bringing down the mood really a bit of doom gloom well, well this is the mood we're going for mm this is, the we we're going like this is what people want, right? They want this to hear the, the, about kind of sad, reflective, mm -hmm. depressing illness, bodies falling apart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when I when I had that's another thing I had I had um, so Lynch syndrome. You ha we have a great in, um, capacity for for growing polyps, so that's why bowel cancer is an issue. Um, so I, I have to take, I'm meant to take, I haven't been doing it cause I'm naughty. I'm such a rebel. I'm meant to take baby aspirin every day to stop polyps growing. Cause apparently that that's a thing. And so I started taking the aspirin every day. Like they told me to, and, um, around the same time, you're gonna love this story, Ross. At the same time I started like, like my period got really heavy and I just started, it got progressively worse over a series of months. I just started to the point where I was just pissing blood out. Like I, I, it was insane. It was like someone cut me if I would, was just getting in the shower or something, if I didn't have a, you know, it was like insane amount of blood. So I just thought the aspirin was thinning my blood, which it probably was as well. Um, cause it's a blood thinner. And then finally I went for, uh, I had to go for the the old something. What did I have to do, Dave? Something something to do with Lynch was something a check, ultrasound check because they thought I yeah someone saw some sort of lump or some cyst or something. Oh yeah, on an ultrasound they saw a they thought they saw a cyst. So then I then they go in for a big old internal ultrasound and whatever, and there was a cyst in my uterus. So then I had to through COVID times go in. Normally they would, they'd just leave it, but because I'm lynched, they have to go in and take it out because any kind of cyst is really, really, really stodgy. And they get in and um, uh, take out a polyp in my uterus that was literally the size of my uterus. Like it was filling my entire uterus. And that would have not been there five years ago because I had a termination five years ago where I had a full curette and everything. So everything would have been cleaned out five years ago. So in five years I had a, a polyp grow the size of my entire uterus um that's how quick this this lynchy lynchy dude can grow a polyp in my body which is fun has it ever come up that maybe what would be a great comedy bit <laughs> is giving birth to a polyp <laughs> and then you raise the polyp I think there's people that probably have, like I, my mum's given me a story or two about um, 
crazy cyst, like fibrous cystic chunks coming out in your period time, like sometimes fibrous tissue, like clots that are so crazy. This is the kind of stuff that women sometimes talk about. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you raise, and then you raise the fibrosis. You raise the stuff that comes out. You raise it up, send it to school with a cut lunch. <laughs> you see, now I'm just pitching you ideas I should use because you're the, the silly, <laughs> silly talk to cat people. I'm the gross body horror. Yeah. Let's raise really a poly- body. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bestowing upon you this idea that you should give birth. You should grow your own, uh, what is it called? Not cyst, uh, fi- not fibroid, my polyp. You should grow your own polyp. Polyp. Mm. Kind of like the tumor, but you've got the tumor. That's pretty much what the tumor is. Maybe that's part of the story. Maybe you've given birth to the talking tumor. Maybe you actually, you birthed it out as opposed to a cutout. You actually gave birth to it. That's fun. Well, in the context of the show, now I just tear my, myself inside out and then the tumor is still inside me. Oh, okay. and I'm wearing a, re- a red bodysuit with like stuff glued on it to make it look like insides. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's the other thing that Lynch has done for me. I have to have a hysterectomy at 40, which is this year. Um, they basically, all experts are saying, I mean, I'm like, I don't have to, as in I can choose not to, but I would be very it's very unwise for me not to because my chance of uterine cancer in my 40s is so high which basically put the whole baby conversation on the table in a hardcore way for me and dave a couple of years ago we didn't want kids but then when someone tells you you can't have them or you if you want them you have to have them straight away that like really fucks with your head a little bit because then it's like oh you're making this decision for me maybe i do want a child you know what i mean and then we had to go through that kind of weird question but anyway, I'm not. I'm not having a child. I'm going to have that hysterectomy. Then talk I about to... talk about genetic mutations. At the <laughs> at the bright old at the bright old age of seventeen, that question was figured out for me. Oh yeah, right. No. You can't. No can't more baby. Old, no kidlets. Yeah. Definitely no kidlets. Why is that, Ross? What's the what happens? Like, why does that happen for you? Anatomically. I don't think it has. It could be something to do with my crappy genes. I don't think it has to do with the crap, crappy genes that led to the PKU. Right. It's the, it's the Russell Silver? I don't think it's the Russell Silver. I had a torsion. Oh. And that's its own genetic fuck what? up. <laughs> What's a torsion? A testicular torsion. Yeah, fuck, you haven't told me about this. This is great. Yeah, we're on the genitals. Oh, I love genitals. Yeah, well, you got us there. <laughs> Tell me about your genitals, Ross. Tell it's me about your genitals. your testicles, one, one or both of your testicles spin and the circulation is cut off. And so pretty much your testicles are dying. What? What? You had a suicidal testicle. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. You know, I find genitals funny. That's fucked up, man. That's amazing. Wow. So just one of them or both? Just, just one of, one of them. One of them. But now it's all like, but now it's all like the factory shut down after that. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Ross, that, that at 17, like it's, you know, maybe it's fine to talk about now and have a be like, wow, that's a really, you know, that's a great comedy image, the, the idea of a, a, a testicle twisting on itself and having emotions. But that's a really rough thing to deal with at 17. How did you deal with that? That's such a precarious time to be having anything wrong with your genitals. Oh, yeah, and then your identity as a man is being yeah. formed. Mm. So to speak, and here's what happened. I became fucked in the head because of all the repression. And they're not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting on the square right now because it's the only way I can be truly emotional. <laughs> yeah, right. Otherwise, I just punch a wall because I'm a man, of course. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So, um... Wait, hold on, yeah. hold on. Keep that for Rant okay. on a little bit. Me? Oh, okay, I'm gonna rant. Ross has gone... I don't know where Ross is going. I don't know if he's going to get a tissue or... Um, or something. It, oh, he's gone to get tumour. Tumor's, maybe Tumor's going to tell me about how Ross really feels about this because this, this is big. We've just unpacked the torture of I his just, testicle. So I just... Um, I got this tumour puppet out because it was just staring right at me while we were talking about tumours. Yeah. And I just is it a tumour or is it a testicle? <laughs> well, that's the question. Huh. Isn't it? It's a tumour. It's a tumour. It's, it's not got a nothing tumor. to do with my sack. <laughs> Did they have to remove your sack, um, Ross? Not the whole sack. Oh, what happens? They can that you know, people. Well, not for me. One removed. What? Um, not the whole sack. Okay. Far out, Brussels sprout. Did they like get you to like, um, freeze any of your little mates in case you want to do IVF with someone one day? Well, was that we tried, really we tried seeing then? if that was possible, then they found out no. And what a great story that is. When you go in <laughs> with your parents to the sperm bank, to oh. the IVF place or whatever. Oh. And then your dad's like, my son will use the videos, thank you. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh. and I, I know from a previous podcast we did, that, you know, you're not the biggest fan of your dad at the best of times, let alone. That's, it's not really, not really a comfortable situation. If my dad said that, I don't know, I'd probably, we'd probably have a joke about it. <laughs> As you can tell from my recent story. But, um, fuck. I, I didn't realise your dad was still around at that stage, Ross. I thought he'd gone. Oh, that, that was many years after that. How old I've been. It was five years after that he went he due to cut, cut, cut cancer. Oh, it's a circle. Okay. Oh wow! I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that he passed away. I think I thought he left or or something, but I must be misconstrued. So we share that as well. We both had our dads die of cancer. That's a fun, fun fact. And I had to go to a stupid community radio awards. Oh yeah. On the night that I heard he died. You, the night you, that's an interesting phrase. The night I heard. <laughs> he was like, well, well, I didn't know he died until I, I only heard it secondhand. What? How does that happen? Well, no one was talking to each other by that point. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I knew that the relationship had broken down and stuff. I guess that's where I knew the story up until. Right. Interesting. Far out, Ross. How do you feel, you know, was, did you make peace with that in some way? Or are you fine with it? It didn't, it didn't, like that you weren't talking when he passed. Is it totally fine considering what a um, challenging father he was? Well, I just remember the last thing he said to me when I was alive, and that okay. was Christmas Day 2014. You're getting a little fat. And that was our last conversation. Oh my God. In <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Not, not a nice laughy... Um... Uh, I made you with that story. They rhyme though. You're getting a little fat. I made you with that. <laughs> he could have been talking to his penis. <laughs> See, and if he said that while talking to me, I would feel a bit weird about that. <laughs> Very different context. <laughs> um, well, not everyone can afford to have chemo. Yeah. <laughs> Afford who pays? No, it's all public, all public. Um, but there was the thing that kept my dad alive for 
two years after his diagnosis, which is miraculous with pancreatic cancer, I rushed home from London to look after him thinking it was his last two, three months max. And then they, there was um, a company rang him and said, you qualify to go on a trial drug for free. This is a drug we usually use for breast cancer. Would you like to try it? And he was like, yeah, of course I'll try anything because he tried doing Whipple surgery and it hadn't worked because the tumor was too close to his spine, etc. And um, And then, so he, the Whipples was his, operation was his only chance and they he got, woke up from that and they were like, no deal. And he was like, fuck. So we thought that was gonna be it. And then he went on this trial drug, trial for free and it literally shrank the tumor by 80 percent and we this had never happened like doctors had never seen this before this was out of this world like unreal so we thought we'd actually turned the whole thing around it was pretty amazing like just gobsmacking um yeah i still remember the day like we we're in with the oncologist and stuff where they said if this is outrageous you've shrunk that tumor by 80 cent 80 percent this never happens now we can try whipples so then he did the whipples and he he did the Whipple surgery like two years after, which was freaking phenomenal. Um, yeah, we were in hysterics in the car park, like pissing ourselves with laughter after we told that he could have the Whipples. We'd, we'd had that ongoing joke about, you know, that thing that was happening on the internet or TV or something back in the day of like a bird with a man's voice going, Alan, 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 Alan. We'd been having a running joke about that in the house. And we came out and we just started going, Alan, 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 in the car park, thinking that, because we were just so happy and that was just seemed like an appropriate way to celebrate. And then this guy in the car park, the only guy in the car park in Blacktown in Western Sydney, turns around and goes, do I know you? And we're like, oh, no, sorry. Why? Is your name Alan? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> we're like, Oh, shit. We lost it. It was like this fortuitous day. Just so much synchronicity and joy. But then he died anyway. <laughs> well, all stories have an ending. <laughs> True that. Except David Lynch stories. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Oh. Are you a big Twin, pa Twin Peaks fan? I saw a Razorhead. Oh, I don't know if I've seen Razorhead. What's Razorhead about? Is that one of the movies? It's like his first movie he ever made. Is it the one with the woman in the blue dress in the, the, in the apartment? I can't remember what that's called. I think it's Midnight something. Midnight. Oh, well, this is the one Razorhead. with the fuck looking baby. Oh, okay. I'll have to watch it. It looks maybe we like should a go chicken. On, maybe we should go on a David Lynch like um, tangent via this and movies with babies. It's pretty much a student film. He was able to get funded for a, a body, but like a like a funding body, but it took oh, yeah, five I years to make. So there's huge amounts of time, but in, in, in the production. And the baby grows up. Well, the baby's not a baby. It's like a, it's like a weird animatronic puppet thing. It looks like a, oh. it looks like an aborted chicken fetus. Oh, wow. In fact, I think it was an aborted chicken fetus. The point is, it's a nightmare baby. Nightmare baby, which of course you, you're into. <laughs> Do you think the baby you use in your shows is a reflection of your inner baby? Oh. oh, well, in the show, I, in the first show I used it and I pissed on it. So God, I hope not. <laughs> oh my God. Did you legitimately piss on it? I never saw that not, show. Not legitimately piss on it. Okay. That's good. Didn't do a Chrissy Amphlet. No. All that, uh, that Scar woman. Yep. I was amazing. It's amazing how much crap she got into it. I mean, I get it. I get, but also it's kind of like an homage to Chrissy Amphlett and women in rock and roll, really. That guy was a-okay with being pissed on. If he enjoyed it, then 
I'm down with it. I didn't go to come see someone urinating. I personally I wouldn't have would, wouldn't have been happy with the urine coming anywhere near me. But if someone was happy to be urinated on and I was at that show, I'd be like, well, that's rock and roll right there. And that's the thing. And that's why people need to lay off Travis Scott. <laughs> Travis Scott. Who's Travis Scott? I'm behind. So she he had know. a festival that was poorly managed oh. Astro World. And because there was so many people there and it was, it was such a small space, uh, like something caved, like the, I think the stage caved a bit and people died. Oh God. Oh, well, people were moshing and going crazy. And now since that happened, people are wondering like, should we be moshing and all this stuff in shows? And I'm just thinking, well, this is more like a freak occurrence. I mean, this is more poor management than like, Oh yeah. Going crazy Just at a Build a better show. stage, guys. Build a better stage, people. The stage should be able to handle a bit of mosh. That's the point. As is actually, depending on occasional like, uh, urination. <laughs> I wouldn't go to like an Elton John show and expect people moshing and, and like running into each other and stuff. I no. guess just know where you're going. No? Yeah. Yeah. Know the target audience and know which target audience you fit into. And don't be, don't be cunts and don't try and be uh, cheap on, uh, you know, managing a festival and, and stage yeah, and huh? all that stuff. And make it's, sure the performers like... can see the audience. Mm. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and make sure there's enough toilet paper for the portaloos, you pricks. Make sure it's well. not that Kimberly Clark one. The Kimberly Clark toilet paper. You know, shit me is that Kimberly Clark toilet paper in the little squares. It's so thin, and your you, your finger just goes straight through it. It's so bad. And then your fingers get the poo poo on it. Yeah, or like, well, I was working. You know, they have that toilet paper at Monash Children's Hospital, and I was working there as a clown, as a um back when I was taking the aspirin and pissing out with blood. So when I would go to the toilet with that freaking horrific period that was crazy um, and trying to clean up at the children's hospital where I'm working as a clown with kids and then I'm just like, this paper is so thin and I'm literally hemorrhaging on it. Ugh. This is the kind of crap that people, you know, don't hear about enough, Ross. That's why we have to make this podcast. <laughs> Which is may oh, or may not be the kind of crap they want to hear. For. Hey, this may or may not be what the bit in the biz they call a backdoor pilot for. What? In the biz, a backdoor yep. pilot for. A back backdoor. Backdoor pilot. Backdoor pilot. Yeah. I, I like it. I didn't invent it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I still. Think it's, it's really what they call it in the biz. When we're like, when, when like back in the 80s and stuff, TV shows, when they'll want to like try out show concepts, they'll sneakily like try it out as an episode of the Golden Girls, for example. Oh. So like, they just do it like, well, the main, let's just make our potential main character a friend of Dorothy or something like that. So we can have that connection Test and she's there for like in the start and then we just focus on these other people we don't know for half an hour and see oh. how the response oh yeah that's sneaky i like it so it's a it's a little very big public audience test job oh ross i'm starting to fall over i'm starting to have a wave of covid uh brain fog <clears throat> Now, not, is that to I'm do not, yeah. or not to do with your genetic mutation? <laughs> it's technically not to do with it. <laughs> but I also have an autoimmune thing, mixed connective tissue disease. Um, don't know if that's genetic or not. I have no idea. Got it from looking after dad. It was so stressful. It kind of like flicked, triggered my, um, triggered my system to go into autoimmune attacking, attack itself style. Um, which means I've been very scared of COVID because my lungs are like my weakest point. 
and always have been, even before autoimmune, and I've got asthma and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, considering all my shit and what my body normally does, and like when I get a cold or a flu, normally my lungs can be completely fucked and I lose my voice for weeks. Like sometimes I lose my voice. As soon as the pathogens hit my system, I'll lose my voice. That means I know I'm getting a cold. A week later, I get the cold. And then the the cold will go away, but the lung inflammation will stay for sometimes weeks on end or more months. And this has not happened because, I guess, because of boosters. So those boost juices are working for me. I'm pretty happy about it. We were talking before we started recording that I've been trying to, you know, help oh, my shit, immune system yeah. with COVID by drinking boost juice. And like, yeah. how much of what do I have to drink of this boost juice before I'm completely... You know, I'm invincible yeah. against COVID. And you How were telling me my doctor prescribed me the wrong thing. It's a booster shot, not boost juice. Not a boost juice, Ross. Yeah, I think you've got a quack of a doctor and you need to find a new GP because and um, boost juices is not going to help you against COVID. <laughs> yeah, and the doctor's name is Dr. Quack, so I thought that was a good thing. You would think that a Dr. Quack is not going to be a quack, you know? It was that kind of thing of like, why would you call yourself something so obvious, red flag, if it, if it was, it's more like you'd think it was a joke or you wouldn't think that someone would actually call themselves Dr. Quack and then be a quack. That's just too obvious. Yeah. To... I guess he's a, uh, the doctor's ancestors were just ducks. Could, could be that. Could be that. That was their job. Their they... job was to be a duck. And they had really big bills. And that's, and that's, that's comedy. And that's comedy right there. Oh, my cat. Can you hear my cat? Can you hear my cat going? I cannot hear any kind of cat. I hear you pretending to be your cat. No, he's down there at the front door going. Because he wants to go for a walk in the apartment complex, which we can't do right now because we have COVID. And um, they're going crazy because we usually take them for little walks in the in the like community complex area of the of the place, and they they just don't understand why they're not allowed to go for walks right now. They're going bananas, bananas, <laughs> and is that a genetic mutation? Cats wanting <laughs> cats wanting to go for a walk. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think it's called being a cat. I guess you could put that down to genetics. Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? It's Let's blame mutation. everything on genetics. Well, it is really. And now we're getting to the conversation. Is it nature? Is it nurture? Mm, and I'm going to say for the point of controversy and controversy creates conversation. It's all nature. And parents everything. don't F you up at all. <gasps> I think it's all nature. No nurture at all. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I would have to disagree, of course. I think we have our nature and predispositions, strong ones. But then how you nurture those predispositions definitely is going to impact the outcome. So, like, if I um, continued to eat white bread and inflame the shit out of my stomach lining, I'm probably going to get bowel cancer, etc. Because I've already got the predisposition. And when I was seven years old, if I ate nothing but red meat, I would have just become the main character from Flowers for Algernon. <laughs> Can you still really eat red meat? Who really did have the thing I have? Oh, wow. Really? In, in the book. Apparently. Wow. wow. There you go. There's going to be some really smart... So listeners out there that actually know that obscure reference and um and if they do know that obscure reference if they knew that without you explaining it then i think they should write to you because they're a commendable listener yeah well any listener that's been listening for all what 93 episodes of this show i'm always dropping obscure references and not explaining it the context mm -hmm. it's called Distancing the audience. It's called being that, Brechtian. Yeah, I was about to say that uh, alienation Brecht style. 
So is this is the point of this podcast, Ross, to actually bring people a little bit further into your into your chest, into your inner sanctum, into the inner circle of of Ross, and a, a little bit of a like keyhole understanding. Um, yes, that was a surgical reference. A keyhole understanding of uh, who 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 and what maketh the man, Ross Purdy. It's hard to tell, right? Because I'm wearing a pink mask right now. That's true. Maybe you're not Ross Purdy at all. Maybe I'm divulging all these family secrets and genetic history to someone I don't even know. Exactly. Maybe I'm in character right now. Who knows? I mean, do you want to tell us? I mean, I <laughs> see here he goes. <laughs> he's just, he's just, you know, we, we talk about getting into his inner sanctum and then he just pushes us away again. This is the constant battle with with Ross and watching him, him grow as a performer. There's only so much you can actually get to know this guy before he just like, he tells you about his testicle one minute and then pushes you away the next and, and tells you he's not going to give you any answers or, or be intimate in any way. Like you're a mystery. We don't well, even know who I'll, you are. I was intimate with someone once mm -hmm. and it just fucked with my head and now I hate really? myself. Oh, Ross. And I have less money for it because of it. Oh, Ross. Funny stuff. Well. Am I in character right now or not? <laughs> yeah, I just took my mask off. No, I'm not in character. <laughs> now we, it's like, is this the real Ross? I'm, I'm really glad to see it is you. It is actually you who I have been divulging so my inner sanctum too, um, and my genetic material, boom ching. There you go. Well, sometimes <laughs> I go up on stage and um, with the pink mask on, and it's really Josh Glantz under there. <laughs> but how would anyone ever be able to tell? It isn't like he's an incredibly hairy man with a mustache and much taller than I. <laughs> 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 yes, he, he does have a few feet on you. <laughs> Thanks to the Russell Silver syndrome. Thanks a lot, Russell Silver. Thanks, Russell. You're an asshole. But also, we kind of like you. It gives you a point of difference, Ross. This is why you have such a unique point of view. This is why I said you should tell the world. So they understand your unique point of view and where you're coming from with your really cray-cray ideas and like absurdist comedy. It's not just that you're just trying to be different. It's as if you are coming from a different place to most people. I did ask the PKU Facebook group, how do you make this into stand-up? And the response, the consensus was, no one knows what this is. Maybe change your joke to being about a vegan. Oh, but they don't know anything about comedy. I mean, we are the truth tellers in a way. And part of... Um, you know, the jester is the truth teller and like reflecting, reflecting the reality of the world back to the king. So if the audiences are all kings, we, it's good for you to like reflect back to them some of their, their privilege in a way and the kind of how lucky they are in some ways that they don't have to be dealing with this and don't even know what it is. Like, it's just fascinating, right? Isn't it fascinating? I was fascinated to find out about your genetic mutations. I think it makes you uh, inc incredibly uh, complex and interesting and uh, maybe that's why everyone's into this box ticking shit right now. But all the box, you know, there's so many people out there with the same stuff going on, like every second comedian has ADHD and they legitimately probably do too because that's why we're drawn to comedy and blah, blah, blah. But it's now not as exciting to hear about necessarily because everyone's got that as a common theme of a as a viewpoint whereas this pk thing it's really original to you ross i don't know anyone else who has it okay when are you going to make a bit about lynch syndrome and giving birth to a polyp <laughs> i started right here right now today now there's a solo show there's a solo show brewing in me in me that's for sure i'll let I you know when it's happening 
I have a solo show called Hey Hey It's Doomsday that may or may not deal with the idea of who the performer really is on stage mm -hmm. and what's real versus relatable to an audience and so on and so forth. But also I it might be just, to see it. But also it might just be really crazy. And yeah. mean nothing at mean nothing at all. Yeah. Well, that after the that that's the other argument to counterpoint what I just said. That everyone's been through so much the last couple of years that maybe we want to go to a show that's just really fun and a total escapist um, experience from all the crap that we've been having to deal with for the last two years. So I think go with your instinct, Ross. Whatever happens, happens, and uh, let the audiences be there. <laughs> Is my show's total escapism? There's a fair bit of angry satire in there. True. In fact, it's the backbone. Well, if you're already going with a bit of angry satire, Ross, I think that you that the audience deserve to know a little bit about your you know, your your innermost workings and like who you are and what where you came from and why you're at this point of view. Because. When I was growing up, there wasn't Reddit message boards where I could complain about stuff and become radicalized by far-right ideology. I avoided, I avoided all that. <laughs> Only by about five years, thank goodness. <laughs> it's not too late, though. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. It's, like... it's an absolute tragedy. The rise of radicalism right now. I, I don't even know if I want to start talking about it. And that's another <laughs> podcast altogether. Oh God, yeah. And now, and that was also Ross Perry destroys comedy two episodes ago. Yeah, right. That was also now, a sincere deep dive on what makes me me. You you're ripe for that kind of stuff then, with things like the you know your testicle twisting and. Like you said yourself, I was meant to be a man, like the emasculation of that um, and, you know, having the genetic mutation, Russell Silver and PK, is that it? PK. PKU. PKU. A lot, a lot of those Not things. Not you, me. I, I isolated <laughs> you. <laughs> well, how very isolating all that for a young person and not being able to eat what you want at the birthday party. And I'm sure there's some much bigger, darker stories that came with all those things. So I'm sure, you know, how do you, do you feel like you were right for some sort of radicalization if they'd gotten to you back then, if there was a way for them to reach you? Probably like I was a kind at 15. I mean, who wasn't? I was too, definitely. But, you're also kind of um, dealing with stuff that other people your age couldn't understand, which I think kind of pushes that isolation, pushes people into radical thinking. Hey. Hmm. And now my final thought. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, Jerry Springer once had final thoughts. <laughs> and that show was just trying to be shocking and provocative for its own sake. Is my comedy the same? You decide, baby. Oh. On that note, we should all take care of ourselves and each other. <laughs> and get I'm caught in a Shamanuga. <laughs> And I'm hey. Ross Perdy, and I'm going to be mayor of Cleveland or something and <laughs> lose the job after uh, an affair with a sex worker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that what happened to him? Lol, yeah. I didn't know. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ross. Thanks for letting me unpack my, my, my um, polypy wounds on your podcast. I can't believe there's going to be five more episodes of this. Ah, I didn't even know. I didn't. I don't understand what the spin-off stuff is. So, shit. Uh, maybe I've said too much. Where are we gonna go? I'm gonna have to bring some stats next next time, so we can look at some stats. There we go. I'll be researched.
Well, I'm not wearing a mask, but what's a joke, right? And what's real? What is a joke and what's real? With you, Ross, I never know. And that's the full stop. Hey, do you like listening to Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy? Do you like watching Ross Purdy comedy videos on the YouTube? On the old Patreon, where you can get all that and more, plus early access to episodes and videos, plus bonus videos and bonus podcasts. The Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy After Show, all available on Patreon. At patreon.com slash Ross Purdy will destroy comedy. And you get some special fun things as well. If you subscribe to a particular tier, you can get a t-shirt and hoodies and fun stickers, mugs, as well as all great other stuff. So just go on to patreon.com slash Ross Purdy will destroy comedy and subscribe today.